electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, live from separate locations. Futures are pretty steady, coming off the best day since April 6th. S&P now at the highest since March 6th. As attention does turn to Walmart earnings and to the Hill, the Fed chair and the Treasury secretary in front of Senate banking virtually. That starts in about an hour. Uh, June oil does expire today, up for the fourth day in a row. Uh, but, Jim, really, the discussion revolves around those levels you were just talking about with uh, Joe and Andrew and Becky and, and the degree to which Walmart can post a 74 percent increase in e-commerce. Well, it looks like that the big guys won. Uh, you have us. You have them basically cordoned off as essential services. So many other companies, little companies, medium, small, just couldn't compete. And so this is what happens when you have a survival of the fittest economy. This is Darwin playing out. Uh, There should be a Darwin research firm because you would say, listen, you got to buy this. These numbers are astounding. And if the stock hadn't run up every single day, I don't know what to do. And by the way, please, add back 60 cents for Home Depot. And, and uh, before you start selling it, because that's the cost that they said. I mean, Home Depot literally had to keep traffic back. I mean, Costco's doing the same thing. They had to hold back traffic because they were trying to do it safely. Uh, Walmart had these big stores. They were all set. They're ready. Uh, and their dot-com, ever since they bought uh, Jet.com, which they've now discontinued, has been amazing. It, it, it's unrestrained, and they also can do a lot of food. So these are great American companies that are on fire and uh, the move in Walmart is stunning ever since he decided, Doug McMillan, who's on Squawk tomorrow, uh, decided to crater the earnings in order to be able to build a big dot com. Yeah. Your point on traffic's good. A Home Depot traffic down four, but ticket was up 11. Why? What was the difference between Home Depot and Walmart in having the SGNA leverage to make up for those additional COVID costs? Well, I, I think that the. That's a great question, because I I really want to wait to the call to give that answer, because it's it's a quandary. I don't know why. Uh, I don't think it's self-evident. I know that that when you do what Costco did and I figure Home Depot the same, you made a conscious decision to uh, to take care of the of the employees before you took care of the customers. And maybe Home Depot did that. We'll have to find out. Uh, I do think that that Lowe's is back. We don't know what that's meaning. Um, I think Marvin Ellison is doing a remarkable job. So it's no longer just a one-horse race. But uh, these stores are all different. I admit they're different. And Home Depot is more of a creature of housing and creature of construction. And construction is shut down in a lot of places. I want to put a new roof on. Uh, and uh, as David would say, one of my houses. And I can't because I need to. I can't get the work done. <laughs> so there are places where Home Depot is not a factor. Right, David? Yeah, that's true. Although where I am, it was open, I think, the entire time um, through this period of time. But um, contractors you know, may not be able to work. No, that's true. Right. You can't you could you could go in or you could right. <clears throat> have it, things delivered, but you weren't necessarily going to actually put, be putting people to work 
uh, building things. You know, you do make that point on Costco. It's always worth mentioning how well they do, or at least through history, have treated their employees. And it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, our conversation for many years now has been focused at Walmart, certainly as well, on rising wages, on how they treat their employees, on the growing pressure on them to do better uh, in that way, Jim. And of course, Costco has always done better when compared to so many others. But to Carl's question in terms of what Home Depot was doing there, or the added costs, uh, will be interesting to see exactly where that came from uh, and why that wasn't replicated uh, at Walmart or, or how exactly that comparison looks. Right. I mean, one of the things that Jim Senegal taught us is the guy, the formative uh, person who created Costco the way we think of it, was, listen, w- the biggest and worst thing that we do is have to train people, that it cuts to, uh, it adds about 30 percent to the SG&A. Uh, these people are dead weight. And not only that, but they they hurt customers. Customers go to them and they don't know something. And so they go to another store. Uh, and he said the reason why he would always beat Walmart is because these people stay. Walmart people constant turnover. McMillan knew that. He changed it. I remember going to an, uh, a Walmart in Galena, Louisiana, and it was the same manager that I had seen a couple years before. And I said, oh, my God, the same manager. He goes, oh, no, no, McMillan raised the wages. It, it, it's all good now. There's an ethos. Walmart was known as a place where it was, uh, yeah, really not a place to shop. And and Home Depot and particularly Costco were always people who greeted you. You always knew the Costco guy. Well, Walmart joined that, and that's McMillan. I mean, he changed the culture rather quickly. I remember David, you telling us it could happen because the family was behind him. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, You know, you have the support of the family, the family, let's call it somewhere around 50 percent or so of ownership at various uh, various points, Jim. And that that allows management to feel as though they don't have to worry, don't have to worry about activists. They don't have to worry about other shareholder bases, perhaps getting upset in some fashion when you have the support of your main shareholder and they control so much of the company. The family was behind him. Obviously, he was a longtime Walmart employee, Mr. McMillan. I remember having met him a number of times when we did a couple of the documentaries, spent some time with him when he ran International. But they have made a significant change there, uh, obviously, in one way, as you point out, in terms of employees, but perhaps even more importantly for the business, what they've been able to do uh, on uh, the Internet, uh, with beginning with the Jet.com acquisition, which they've now Got, they're going to get rid of that name, so to speak. Right. And obviously up 74 percent is a number I don't think they ever could have even imagined having seen. Well, I remember when I first met them, and I, I talked to Doug. I had lunch with him and I pulled up his app and the top was like Kraft mac and cheese. The next was like potato chips. And the next was like bad cereal. And I said, what is this? I mean, what are you doing? He goes, well, you know, we have work to do. Well, holy cow, I met Mark yep. Laurie later on. He comes in to see me. He's wearing a black T-shirt. He's a tough guy. And he says, what's your problem? I mean, let me show you what we're going to do. And he said, we're going to one day, we're going to be putting food in people's homes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, they succeeded. They've done everything. And, and, and by bringing in someone outside the culture who uh, wanted, yep. to, wanted to beat Amazon. I mean, when you met them, it was like he had a beat Amazon war room. I love that. I mean, they were just not going to let Amazon wipe them out. They were going to beat them. And look what's happened. I mean, they are able to generate unbelievable numbers. I think there's room for Amazon. There's room for Home Depot. There's room for Costco. There's room for Target. There's room for Lowe's. And that's what we're going to discover this week. And I'm not selling Home Depot here. Without a doubt. And by the way, guys, when it comes to price discovery, too, it's worth doing. Don't just go to Amazon. I think we found that out in this household. 
because you cannot assume it's going to be anywhere near the lowest price. Walmart and many others can often do that. In fact, I bought, a, I bought my power tower from Walmart.com. Needed to do my pull-ups, Jim. Couldn't find a place to do it. Maybe you can get Had a guy from Walmart to come in and cut tower. your hair. Nobody's cutting this hair. Oh, what are you, Nobody's Samson? cutting this hair. Not letting, Where's no, not letting anybody in this household cut my hair. <laughs> Let me call the wild Me and the dog are going full shag, man. You should see the dog. He looks even worse than I do. Well, kick him. Just kidding. Uh, I don't know. It's a morning. Uh, this is what? an exciting morning away from David's What's, hair or with it. It's, it's true. <laughs> what stood out to me was when, you, when you're Walmart and you hire uh, a quarter of a million people <laughs> in the quarter. I did some math. That's 2,600 people a day, new hires in a pandemic, which works out to uh, just shy of two hires per minute. Uh, that's 24 hours a day. I mean, it's um, that's remarkable execution just on an HR front. That is incredible. It's like a war. I mean, imagine it's like a small scale draft, right? I mean, you put these in, these people in, you got to get them to, to be Walmart people immediately. They greet you. They know what they're doing. That's extraordinary. They can be in warehouse. Remember, they made every store a warehouse. What another genius idea. They have all these stores. So why not make them a distribution center? I just, you know, sometimes Americans are so smart. They tend to be. So, Jim, when you, when, you, when you couple this early picture on retail this morning, you got the airlines higher this morning as well uh, with Southwest and some others talking about load factors looking to get a little bit higher in the month of May, June. Um, and we got reopenings, pretty aggressive reopenings in states like California. Does this price action that we saw yesterday seem valid a day later? Right. I, I think it does. I mean, it did feel like a, a bear market spike when you see that much, that much that's up. But I think that what happened is you have a lot of companies that are are just saying, look, March was March. This third week of March was and the fourth week of March were awful. Most of April were terrible. And of course, we had a lot of coverage report in April. They didn't know that things could ever get better. Uh, but now there's a new spirit and there's also Moderna. And I think Moderna dominated. I mean, I, look, I had the CEO of Denny's last night. And you can you down comparable sales down 80 percent in a restaurant. That's not sustainable. That's what Steve Mnuchin is. Secretary Mnuchin is worried about. Uh, But if you can get Moderna and Moderna turns out to be ahead of the game and it's done it with Amazon Web Services and they digitize messenger RNA, suddenly you say, okay, listen, we can bridge it. We can go through. We're going to have illness. But our hospitals are better shaped for the illness. They're really ready. We'll get through to when Moderna is uh, going to produce uh, something that that can work. The doctors who had been very skeptical that I always talk to about every single one of these things started by saying promising, encouraging. So you can craft a scenario which says there's trillions coming into the market. Yes, we're going to lose a lot of stores. Uh, Yes, we're going to lose a lot of restaurants, but maybe we can actually make a comeback. And it's not uh, it's a little saccharine. I don't find that it's done. I mean, it's almost it's nostalgic for the old days comeback. And, David, I've got to tell you, I see that there are rigorous people who are saying, you know what, it can be done. Uh, I'm hearing those voices as well, and it's being reflected in the price action that we're seeing. I mean, Jim. I don't know if you, I know, I'm sure, given how rigorous you are, you read that letter from uh, Dara Khosrowshahi yesterday to Uber employees about the 3,000 additional job cuts. 
Um, but and, I, in my mind, that's an example of what we're talking about. The stock went up. Did you read that letter? Yeah, I mean, I mean like, I, you know, I, I, Uber Eats is great, but it's never it's nowhere near profitable freight? at this how about point. Um, but it was no, I but mean, this is a company freight. that is basically saying we're you know, we're we're going to do everything we possibly can to make ourselves insulated from having to raise new capital. But it's not like these are good times and we're not expecting any good times anytime soon. But they're not going, not going up. We, we t- we're taking off. I think what we're taking off is the not going under. David, Royal Caribbean got the money. You know, and I, you know, I told you about booking that Norwegian cruise line for your family. I mean, they're giving it away, David. Come on. Alaska. Like, yeah, not not doing that one again. Right. If it can be me, the crew, you know, you want to come, Carl. That's about it. And four thousand others. It. All right, David. No. That's how you make friends. That's easy. <laughs> well, Guys, we got a lot to get to in a short amount that. of time. Yeah, come on, David. Uh, we're going to preview Powell and Mnuchin on the Hill in just about forty-five minutes. Some downgrades today of uh, Disney and even our own parent uh, Comcast. Cudlow's on the tape on a payroll tax cut. Faber on Jeopardy last night. All of that and more when Squawk in the Street continues on this Tuesday. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Got a fair amount of media news this morning, uh, David. You had Netflix at an all-time high yesterday. Disney chief Kevin Mayer to TikTok. Apple TV reportedly buying some back catalog. There's a lot to watch this morning. Yeah, that's funny. The Apple TV older shows. I mean, it's something we pointed out any number of times during our conversations about their offering, of course, four ninety nine low price point, but no library in the journal reporting. At least they seem to be trying to make that a bit more robust. Netflix. Well, we know. I mean, it's certainly one of the key uh, names in Jim's portfolio of, of covid stocks, so mm-hmm. to speak. Two hundred billion dollar market cap right now, although still not as large as Disney, which had that huge day yesterday. As you pointed out before we went to break, I think, Carl, there is a downgrade at Disney and our parent company, Comcast, today. Continued concerns overall, though, for the old media stocks, so to speak, old, uh, even including the likes of Disney when it comes to advertising, when it comes to production schedules and where they're going to be, when it comes to what you're going to see in the movie theaters or be able to bring direct to video. Um, not to mention theme parks, of course, which both Comcast and Disney rely on. Disney very much so, as we know. David. What happens if a big part of the country just says, I know that we're supposed to be distant socially, the hell with it. It, 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 There is a to hell with it component right now in the country. It thinks that social distancing is is something that some New York governor created. No, I don't think it's a what if, Jim. Doesn't it feel like it's a happening thing and people are ready? Yeah, I mean, look, look I, every state. Yeah, like, what is this mask stuff and the social? Di- will you give me a break? And I don't know. I mean, the numbers still indicate people are getting COVID, but there's a rebellion against the norms. And if the, yes, it, and the companies themselves are kind of horrified because they don't want the liability. Uh, and if they you, don't want if, the liability, there is still going to be a, a significant protocol 
uh, regardless of what people may do right. and their willingness to congregate without masks, the, the companies themselves are still going to take it upon themselves to put in place protocols to try to maintain some level of safety. Right, Jim? And that, yeah. Oh, yeah. that goes for Disney at the theme parks. And it goes for J.P. Morgan when they open up the office building in Manhattan and have people arriving at 710 and 715 and 720. Why? Because of elevator traffic. Right. I, look, you have to do this. I mean, look, I was, when I was talking to the CEO of Denny's, I said, look, one of the great things about Denny's is you got, let's say, a dozen guys and they really corrals and they really need to sop up because they had too much whatever. And he said, no, 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 six per table. I'm like, oh, really? And, and, and you have to be distant from each other. Well, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to basically go somewhere where there are no restrictions. I don't know. I think it's almost become voluntary. And there was some guy who opened a gym and was sighted in South Jersey. But I got a feeling there aren't enough inspectors to keep these independent guys from not stopping the customers in the same way that it's a very difficult thing to enforce the mask law. All right. So does it mean that we get a a second wave? Does it mean in some fashion that we are then uh, going to have to respond again? Two weeks. Because we get a surge? We need to know in two weeks. We don't know. Right? It's two weeks. Yeah. And we bent the curve so people are not as, you know, I I talked to... uh, I, 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 I talked to the guy who was the chairman of the Mass General team, Scott Spurl, you know him. And they have so much room in their ICU. They are so ready. But, of course, that means all the elective surgery, which, by the way, electives including brain cancer, because that's what happened. Uh, there's so much room that, that the hospitals can handle it. I don't know. Look, I, I just feel like three weeks ago we were worried about, about dying from it. And now we've got people holding hands all over the place. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Jim. I yeah. mean, Massachusetts is going to start opening churches, hair salons and groomers. And we forget. I mean, it was a month ago, but we were talking more about, um, you know, uh, temporary uh, cemeteries in uh, across the river from Manhattan. Right. Exactly. In, in Central Park. So it was apocalypse you now. forget how much. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, massive uh, liquidity solvency crises that seem to be. At least a little bit more in the back burner, Jim, especially when you look at what what the June expiration of oil is, how different that is from a month ago. Oh, no, this is they took the depression off the table. That's what it feels like. Took it off the table. Remarkable. Yeah, well, we will see what uh, Powell and Mnuchin have to say about that kind of progress and any additional need that might be needed uh, for states and local, especially. One more quick break here as we get closer to the opening bell on this Tuesday. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Remarkable market day yesterday. Futures giving a little bit back today, but uh, the NASDAQ, uh, highest since February 25th now. NDX only 4% from an all-time high with Powell and Mnuchin on deck. We're back in a minute. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Yesterday's big market rally fueled in part by news of a potential vaccine or at least progress towards it by Moderna. A company Jim's followed closely. Today, Jim, they say, well, you know, maybe not a bad time to raise a little cash. I think the people who are new to the market, meaning like like 20 years, uh, aren't used to seeing the following, which is you got a red hot stock that needs capital in order to be able to build what it wants to build. So it sells 17.6 million shares at uh, seven. At, you know, this is going to be done at 76, which, by the way, is tight. That's down 5 percent. And there's a lot of people who just speculate, David, and we're saying, oh, man, if they didn't do this, it would have gone to 112. And why'd they do this to me? They hurt me. No, this is capitalism and it works. And I think that this is great. Moderna could have either sold a part of it to a major pharma or say, you know what, we're going to stay independent. We like what we do and we're going to raise money. And I think some people were saying that Bansell was uh, that the uh, CEO was promotional yesterday. I know that they are a bit of a promotional company. But then again, if they didn't release some of that stuff, it might have leaked out and people would say, hey, if somebody has an edge over somebody else. But I, I don't begrudge these guys. You, you're supposed to raise. It's called the capital markets, David. You raise capital. It's not just in bonds. They're raising it in stock. Right. Right. I mean, but the optics of it, you could say, well, listen, are they being particularly promotional? It's interesting. It comes a day, of course, after they release an eight patient study that was positive, And we're all very hopeful. Don't get me With wrong. No control. But on the optics of it, Jim, I mean, you know, looks a little. Well, yeah, well, I told you yesterday when he said I said they're a promotional company. I, mean, I met the guy. I, mean, I happen to love the guy. I, mean, I met him when the stuff when the company came public and he approached me at the J.P. Morgan conference. He said, "What do you think about Moderna?" I said, "Moderna, my, I love the, the furniture's fabulous. I love Moderna." He said, "No, no, it's a biotech." <laughs> and we, we we sat and chatted. I said, "Holy cow! You mean to tell me you use Amazon Web Services to figure to digitize this? Man, you're a home run. Let's come on." And I've loved them ever since. But I, I figure if you're one of the eight, maybe you go buy stock and that that's bad. That would be like inside information. I don't know. I, I thought it was right, but I know the optics are not exactly what the people who bought the stock yesterday much higher would feel. But I'd say don't worry about it. The, the offerings could be placed well. It's going to go up, I think. Yeah. I well, mean, Carl, this has been a marketplace that's been willing to accept shares. Now, this is only $1.25 billion. Of course, that BlackRock sale by PNC went pretty well. And I'm going to talk later about T-Mobile and SoftBank's plans to sell a lot of shares in that stock as well. But there seems to be appetite. 
How about uh, Novavax? There's another one that a lot, you know, a lot of people are pretty skeptical yeah, Novavax. about. Novavax, two hundred fifty million through B. Although, um, yeah, it's interesting, David. Uh, the fact that companies have been able to raise so much money is almost a subtext of this loop capital downgrade at Disney, where they say you got fourteen billion in cash, but you suspended the dividend. Uh, you've raised seventeen billion <laughs> in new debt. I mean, they, they say that looks great from a liquidity standpoint, but it also sort of makes you raise your eyebrows in thinking about what the pessimistic scenario might be. And the leverage ratios at Disney are the likes of which I don't think many people had anticipated you would ever see. It's been necessary. You've got to secure your future any way you possibly can. And by the way, that huge offering of debt that they did that you just mentioned, they did it very, very reasonable, if not cheap uh, uh, coupons, uh, certainly. Uh, But, you know, I'm not sure we ever thought we'd see Disney approach these kinds of, of ratios. Right. Um, and there's still questions, Jim, as well, about, you know, management. You've got Iger as chairman, Jay Pick as CEO, taking over the most difficult time the company has probably ever seen. Right. Uh, obviously, Iger very much involved. And now Kevin Mayer leaving to run TikTok. Look, I, I, my Chapel Trust is on Disney since pretty much the start of my Chapel Trust. And uh, we stuck with it when it was at 80. It, it was truly painful. I, I don't blame the loop. The loop downgrade I thought was very smart, which basically says, hey, listen, remember, you need to be able to have congregation. And there's no congregation in the theme park. It's just not allowed. Guys, there's the opening bell. Uh, we're going to watch it closely as Powell's remarks, uh, at least his opening remarks to Senate Banking, uh, Jim, are uh, now uh, published. Interesting, um, you know, we, we tend to watch these B of A fund manager surveys, right. uh, but the new one today, 10% of managers, 10% see a V-shaped recovery. Uh, asked about new bull market, 25%. Bear market rally, 68%. Wow. So the notion that this is still a hated rally is intact. Jeez, I don't buy that. I mean, look, we're waiting for the outbreaks, okay? We've got about an eight-day period where those people who think it's a bear market rally I mean, you never want to bet one against the American people or two ever bet against people living. But if if there's no spike in Georgia, in Tennessee, in Texas, then it's not going to be a bear market rally. It just won't be because, y- yes, you might have the fall. But if our hospitals are all set for it, I think we'll be OK. Uh, I really look this. There's, there's eight days that they have to have this thing become a W. And that's a very dicey thing to bet on a W when you've got Moderna out there. Did anyone talk to any scientist or doctor yesterday who said Moderna's full of it? Because I didn't. I got nothing but, geez, that's encouraging. I kept thinking someone is going to blow the whistle on this thing. I think Goldman's uh, report said that hit the mark. The data hit the mark. And that's one of eight in clinical development. There's 110 in preclinical, so as uh, Tom Lee says this morning, that's 118 potential shots at the goal. Uh, I mean, it's led some to believe that the likelihood of none of them even having temporary immunity uh, seems low. Right. And I do think when you use, when you digitize it and you can spot two trillions, it's kind of like I look at it like a safe cracker. 
there's this there's this thing uh, the, the illness and you got to go three times left two times right then dial it three two five, you know almost like a james bond configuration of all the numbers you have and they run it through jassy they run it through amazon web services and they take out a couple trillion that don't work and then bring it down to a few that do work and then then they can start doing the tests and it's just very scientific the way that all the people who said that you can't do vaccines were not including the fact that you could do amazon web services to reject the ones that don't work. This is the first digitized vaccine ever. And that's what drew me to Moderna to begin with, that they're using science and technology that didn't exist uh, a year ago. Not one year ago. Right. Impressive. Uh, But Jim, Jim, back to the market for a moment. I mean, the S&P is down 8.8% as of this very moment for the year. We've still got, what, 30 million people or something unemployed. Uh, even if we have a significant recovery, which we all hope for and which does appear to be at least starting in certain states, um, how many of those people are going to have their jobs back? Now, they've been made whole to a certain extent so far, but we know as of the end of July that, conceived, that extra 600 bucks certainly for unemployment, will run out. How many of those people get their jobs back? How many, how many corporations have cut CapEx in a significant way that's going to have an impact rippling through? You know, go to 2021 for me. Look at the numbers and back into a multiple that makes sense right now. I don't know. And a growth rate from 21 to 22. I'm just trying to understand why this valuation is one you're comfortable with. Well, I think that the indices are not America. Uh, the S&P represents, has a lot of zombie companies in it. But the stocks that are driving things are not American. They're a unique combination of companies that seemed like almost built for this moment. Uh, And they surprise people, but they shouldn't. I mean, Apple has good numbers. Amazon has great numbers. These are giant companies, obviously. Uh, Facebook has a new uh, small business initiative that's fantastic. Netflix is, I mean, what could be better for a stay at home? Alphabet, you can cheat on your homework all day because you're doing it at home. I mean, there is just these companies. It's almost like someone said, let's create some companies for a pandemic. And those companies are incredible. And they and then now you join a group of companies, you know, a Walmart or Home Depot. But, David, you're absolutely right that there's going to be a huge number of people unemployed. I'm not betting on a V. I'm betting on you. Uh, and we have to open places and make it so that somehow we believe that we can just hold on because the restaurants, no restaurant can open and have comp store sales down 80 percent. It, it's just not sustainable. And those are franchises at Denny's. And they're good franchises. You guys own five. You know, can Planet Fitness open up and do what's right with when you have Hong Kong putting plexiglass between each each treadmill? We're not doing that. So I think you're right. I think that the unemployed are going to be gigantic. But I also think if you took a depression off the table, uh, whatever level the market was, it was going to go higher. Jim, do you worry about the social implications of having unemployment at least double digits uh, and the stock market at all time highs? I think that the stock market, uh, if it was an individual, would be uh, someone who people will come with pitchforks to get to take and a baseball bat because the stock market <laughs> itself is just uh, it, it, it is so uh, disrespectful of the unemployed. It's scary, but it's not a person. It's just this agglomeration of really wealthy companies 
that, that can come through this at the expense of all the little guys, which is why Secretary Mnuchin was so determined to help the small and medium-sized business. But there's only so much you can do. There's only so many people that you can put on an outside on the, on the sidewalk and, and serve them. Uh, there's only so many people that can, anything that can congregate is still no go. Uh, and I think that that's going to be a huge number of people in the cities, but not that much in these areas that don't, that are sparse. And you know what that means for the election. What does it mean for the election? Well, there's a lot of areas that are that feel that all these rules are just based on governors from big Democratic states. Of course, it's not. We're aware of the partisan rancor that has uh, broken down to a certain extent along the lines of of the view of the virus. Um, Guys, we talked a bit. Yes. I do. Uh, I don't think it bodes well for the, for the no. future of general. Two countries. Two countries. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk, though, about stocks again, because right. um, we were mentioning large offerings. And, guys, I did a story yesterday that I think is worth uh, coming back to today. T-Mobile stock, uh, shares down about 3.5%. Remember, yesterday we were talking about a Wall Street Journal story that had uh, SoftBank selling back some of its 25% stake in T-Mobile to Deutsche Telekom, which owns about 44% of the company right now. Um, and I'd mentioned that, I'd, that some of the story might not have been, or at least there were parts that had not yet been told. Late yesterday, uh, we told you what it was, which was not just SoftBank selling some of the T-Mobile shares it owns to Deutsche Tel, but also selling a large number of them into the marketplace. And uh, that is, of course, uh, what we reported yesterday. It's not going to happen right away. Uh, there were lockups that SoftBank had on this significant stake, of course, that it had as a result of being the controlling shareholder of Sprint and Sprint being merged into T-Mobile, a deal we waited for for over two years to be completed. Um, and right now, Deutsche Tel is working through that. They've got uh, sort of a committee that is working through giving the waivers that will be necessary to allow SoftBank to do this huge secondary offering. Now, yesterday, again, the journal then, uh, after my reporting, saying it could be as much as $20 billion worth of stock. They're not set in stone on that number. That would be the high. Uh, It may be a bit less than $20 billion worth of stock. And again, Deutsche Tel is going to step up to buy some of the stake to take their own stake in uh, T-Mobile above 50%. But you are going to have an enormous offering. I was told the potential underwriter is going to be Goldman and Morgan Stanley. Uh, into the marketplace for a secondary offering that conceivably would put pressure on the shares. But you can see holding up pretty well, Jim, right now. They had a good quarter. People liked it. Uh, The stock has done well, and it's one of the few success stories so far for SoftBank. You know, David, look, John Ledger disappeared, right? I mean, I talked to him. It was his daughter's birthday last week or something. Can we just say that this guy, even as eccentric as he was, he built a powerhouse company. Uh, no lawyers around that guy. He said what he had to say. When you met T-Mobile employees, like I did when I went to Burlington, uh, Burlington in Brooklyn, they were in front of it. Every one of them had met him. Every one of these, they loved him. This guy really built a great company. And, and people thought he was a clown. We need more clowns. <clears throat> Send in the clowns. Yeah. There is no <laughs> doubt we watched him continue to succeed and compete against AT&T and Verizon in a very successful way. Now, obviously, with the Sprint deal, huge integration still ahead of them. Right. Remember, they had a lot of time to plan it. 
but it is still uh, uh, going on. Mike Sievert, of course, now the CEO of this company, uh, $125 billion market value. Now, wow. And they're going to have to get the get the market prep for a large offering. Again, doesn't right. necessarily going to mean today or tomorrow. Not sure when these approvals will come through. But Dave, whatever happened to Dumb and Dumber? You know, it was so much fun when he was calling people names, like guys who have never been <laughs> called names before. Like that ATT CEO got name called. I don't think he's been called since he was like on the on the swings, you know. On the it was you know, I know the first the time King, they played first King time he did that just on our Carl on our set at the New York Stock Exchange. First time Ledger called them Dumb and Dumber. Dumb I think we were dumb. all like, did he just say that? Uh, no, I. I I think I think Stevenson's going to be okay. Uh, we got to though really quickly mention the Jesus Christ thing. Uh, FT headline: SoftBank founder and CEO says he's misunderstood, just like Jesus Christ. Of course, uh, later said uh, the reason for failure lies not outside but with me. You'd backtrack too if you got something like that. Yeah, it's ill-advised. Uh, speak. <laughs> it's Ill- Ill- ill-advised. Completely mm. ill-advised. Well. Um, so we're going to watch monetizing assets to, to, yeah. 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 We're going to watch equities as, as well as the 10-year, yeah. uh, which is back to 74 basis points this morning. Let's get to Santelli. Hey, Rick. Here we go. Yes, you know, Carl, you zoomed right in on it. Let's look at the entire yield curve, starting with the shorter maturity. Let's look at a two-week of two-year. Uh, two-week of two-year shows us that, you know, we popped up and traded 18 yesterday, day before today, but yet we can't break through. Look at a year today to tens. There's probably a really good reason because two years are pretty much going to stay glued to the wall. Maybe they'll get up a little bit, and it's not out of the realm of possibility to see some squeezes and see yields pop and see a two-year note sell off to some extent. But paired so closely with the Fed's overnight rate, 0 to 25, it really is anchored down. Now, if you go to the further end of the curve that Carl was just referring to, a three-day will show you that, yes, 74 basis points keep showing up here, and, and it is an important resistance area. We are now hovering at basically a five-week high yield close. And if you look at a mid-April chart of tenure, you can see what I'm talking about. If it clears this zone, uh, then most likely we're going to be toying with the hugely psychological level of 1%. And when you really think about what is going on with Jay Powell and Mnuchin, of course, at the top of the hour, uh, going to be speaking in front of the Senate, uh, question and answer, there's going to be some important issues, and I'm sure debt and how much pain tolerance there is with these programs with regard to the Treasury kind of underwriting the Fed is going to play with the yield curve. And we really want to pay attention to the long maturities. You know, you have 30-year bonds that are hovering in the mid-140s. And if you look at 10s minus 2s, right now as it sits right around 55 basis points, believe it or not, that's the steepest it's been in two months. So we want to pay attention here. It has huge implications from everything from how the banking sector can maybe squeeze some more profits out to, of course, what's going on in the housing market. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, uh, thank you very much. Uh, let's get to Bob Asani, uh with uh, remembering, of course, that the NYC will have a, a full floor opening a week from today, Bob. Yeah, well, uh, partial, actually. And, of course, uh, we'll be covering that as well. But the important thing about today is it's a bit of a consolidation day, two to one declining to advancing stocks. We want to see a broadening out of the rally. We saw that yesterday, kind of flattish today, sort of a mixed market. Just take a look at the sectors today. So tech's doing a little bit better and consumer discretionary is doing a little bit better. Um, Mega caps, the five big names there, they're holding things up. Uh, That's outperforming a little bit. Uh, Consumer staples, okay. Healthcare, uh, banks, again, underperforming, going back 
to their old role, role there. It'd be nice to see a little bit of a rally, a uh, sustained rally in banks, but we're not getting that. I uh, want to remind everybody, companies are still pulling guidance. I know we're at the tail end of <laughs> earnings season, but Home Depot did it. Walmart did it. Uh, Advanced Auto Parts did it. We've got almost 40% of the S&P that have essentially pulled full-year guidance. We don't have full-year guidance for most of the companies in the S&P. Uh, earnings today, Walmart trading up. They had a beat. Uh, Walmart, by the way, is, is near a new high. Uh, Home Depot was a little bit of a miss here. I want to concentrate on very interesting comments both of them made. Um, the, the bottom line weighed down a little bit by pandemic-related expenses. This is a bit of a theme that we're starting to see, but particularly in the retailers overall. So look what Walmart and Home Depot said here. Higher wages and benefits and increased cleaning costs. That was an issue for both of those companies. Target had mentioned higher cost squeezing profitability. We'll hear more from them. Uh, shortly. But I think this is a clear theme that's emerging overall. Uh, We had some green shoots. I mean, Southwest, I thought, had some very optimistic comments from the CFO. Look at this. The company has recently experienced a modest improvement in passenger demand bookings and trip cancellations, resulting in month-to-date net positive bookings through May 18th, where new passenger bookings outpaced trip cancellations. Boy, that sounds like good news. And the airlines are trading up today for the most part. This is the first actual two-day rally we have had. Well, now they're flattish. They were up all right at the open, uh, but uh, really nothing moving dramatically off of the the lows there, aside from yesterday. As for the markets, modest breakthrough yesterday to, uh, what, uh, 29.98 29.98 we're looking for. We can get over the 200-day moving average now in the S&P 500. That's uh, the range. We'll hear from Powell today, and I'm sure he's going to emphasize again solvency versus liquidity. They can provide the liquidity, but if there's not enough revenue for solvency, they can't help. And I think that's the big worry that we've got for the markets uh, overall here. You can't just have five mega caps generating the revenue. We've got to have revenue generation. We saw this in the B of A Global Fund Manager Survey, by the way. Carl mentioned this. The big worry, of course, from the fund managers, coronavirus, but permanently high unemployment. This has never appeared on that survey. And that's an indication that they're very worried about the ability to keep generating revenue out there for some of these corporations. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see you in a little bit, uh, Bob Pisani. When we come back, uh, if you were not watching last night, here's who you missed on Jeopardy. Corporate scandals 800. Back to David. Dennis Mullenberg lost first his job as chairman, then as CEO of Boeing over the growing scandal from the tragic crashes of this airplane model. Ben, what is the 737 MAX? Yes. Corporate scandals 2000. Not long before he went to jail for securities fraud of around $11 billion, I interviewed Bernie Evers, CEO of this global telecom company that bought MCI. Jesse, what is WorldCom? That is right. And our thanks to David Faber. He does those clues very, very well. David announcing clues on Jeopardy, which aired last night. Uh, The category was corporate scandals with David Faber. David, when did you tape that? Uh, we taped that at the NYC, you know, after our show one day, uh, a couple of months back. They they do their shows ahead of time. So it aired last night. But um, what I was most proud of, guys, is that I actually came up with the category and the and uh, and I knew all the answers. But they wrote the questions, but I suggested it. So uh, and the uh, contestants did very well. They got them all. That's so impressive. My family still watches it. Uh, it's an amazing show. And I think it's an amazing show because they do stuff like what you did. I mean, that's just kind of exciting. And congratulations. It's really cool. 
Thanks. Yeah. Always fun. So many different people you hear from. It's always amazing to me how many people watch Jeopardy. And obviously good to see Alex Trebek still uh, still doing it. Still doing it. Amazing. And thank him for uh, for that shout out as well. Yeah, no kidding. You got uh, so many people uh, rooting for him, and, and it looks like his recovery uh, continues uh, pretty well here. Uh, uh, Jim, about 10 minutes here till we get uh, Powell and Mnuchin and the uh, Quarterly Care Act uh, report to Congress in front of Senate banking, which will be interesting because it's going to be all virtual this time. That's Dow's incredible. down 206. Yesterday was the third 90% up day since the March 23rd low. Not surprising to see the market give a little bit back. As MKM says this morning, bulls ought to be happy with the hold here. Dow is, our S&P is down 12 points. We're back in just a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Yeah, three months ago, there was a stock called Novavax, NVAX, and it was at $7.00. And now it's at 54. Uh, the company is another one of the vaccine uh, competitors uh, to Moderna and the rest. And it's uh, the $250 million they filed for in stock. And the stock's only down $2.60. Uh, be careful. I mean, a stock that's up 1,278% this year is a stock that may not be able to hold. Uh, they were on air. 
with me uh, for the first time. They, I wanted to put them on, but our, val- our restrictions of the size of a company, we couldn't have them on. Now everybody's crazy about it. Uh, I just want people to be careful because uh, people hate this who've been gunning this stock. But, you know, not everybody's going to win in this. And Novavax is very confident, but so is everybody else. And they're raising money. And I just say be a little cautious. Hmm. Yep, that's a good that's a good way to put well, it, Jim. Yeah, up How about tonight? Okay, so we have a company called Ping, which is uh, another one of the companies that makes it so that you can work at home securely. And then uh, we have a company called Five Nine, which is Contact Center. Which this is really the rage. How do you get? You know, when someone calls, how do you get a, a, a customer service? What do you do? Uh, and this guy's built an unbelievable company, Five Nine. Uh, and we want to speak to him. I have all these companies that are, what do we do when you work at home? These are two guys. What do you, these are work at home guys. I don't think that goes away, even if Moderna is successful. It just turned out to be too much of a boon for a lot of companies. Yeah. Jim, um, we got to really quickly touch on chips because uh, NVIDIA does report later in the week. A lot, of, a lot of talk about activity resuming, the Chinese building some inventory as the rhetoric heats up. And chips are th- something that, uh, benefit from a reopening and from a stay-at-home uh, yeah, dynamic. I, I actually would take the opposite thing on this China. I think China, the negativity on China may have peaked for, uh, for this era, for this moment. I don't think you're going to hear any more saber-rattling. I think the president was concerned. Even with, uh, even yeah. with uh, NASDAQ uh, telling Luckin to delist, tightening their standards? I think that there may be a, I'm not talking about Pockham and Terrace, but I do think that the saber-rattling may not be so loud right now. Uh, President Navarro focused on building uh, factories that make our own pills with our own ingredients. So I, I think that this cats will play, uh, uh, cats away, mice will play. Uh, NVIDIA's had such a big run up, but the technology is incredible. Watch for analog devices tomorrow. I mean, that, that has some auto component, not so good. But I, I, I think that the chip stocks have some justification to, to, to run here if NVIDIA is as good as everybody thinks. And it may be. Remember, they have inference chips. Nobody's ever seen it before. Nobody. There's nothing like it. They're using a new architecture, much faster than Intel. It's a remarkable company. It's science fiction. Jensen Wong has developed a science fiction company. It's not Skynet either. It's it's, yeah. it's meant for good. I know David's well, always worried uh, about Skynet. I know Skynet. BMO went to. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. hope Is not. Is it true, David? Guys, um, hey, Jim. Have you seen um, Stanley Black and Decker? Because it's an interesting sort of reflection of this market. Yeah, I mean, revenue decline of 20 to 30 percent organically in the second quarter. But that's better than what they'd been planning for, they tell us this morning, which was 35 to 45 percent organic revenue decline. I expect to be down 50 percent. I just make up some number. Now, what's happened is, is it stand this this? Look, these companies were priced. They were priced for for a depression, not a recession. And they're not getting a depression. I know there are a lot of people who seem to even root for depression. I wonder what their political thinking is. Yeah, uh, let's hope there aren't too many people like that, Jim. I I want to root for people living, not dying on a a ventilator. That's that's where I am. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, 
and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash Active Cash.